welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. Hello, this is Buddy C. Welcome to the Tao of Understanding Recovery Podcast. Got a good crowd today. I want to welcome everyone. Lori and Dennis and Drew and Brian and Pedro and Oscar. Good to see you guys. Glad you're here for any announcements. Go to BuddyC.org. Lots of good resources there, including under resources. There's a bookstore page where you can get access to some of the books that we've talked about in prior podcasts and in current and in hopefully future podcasts. There's also a sign up there for a daily Tao devotion that is encouraging me to write. And some days I've been able to edit and update those, and some days I have not. So just bear with me. (laughs) Some days are good, and some days are fortune cookies right now. So (laughs) as soon as they're what I think okay, I will send them to the editor and get those out in a book. But I'm looking right now, that's going to be a year or two from now at least. Okay, today we will be discussing the 40th verse of the Wentza, W-E-N-T-Z-U. We've talked about the Wentza before. We did several uh, podcasts studying verses of the Wentza uh, back what, last year, year before last. During the podcast, we did several of those. We found they were too in-depth for a podcast conversation. It just was not like the bite size that we get in the Tao Te Ching. So it started being a struggle. So instead of fighting it, we went to something else. So that's how this works, right? And someone asked what was the Wentza. It's what we're using is a book that was translated by Thomas Cleary. As far as I know, this is the only English translation of the Wentza. And there's some a lot of information if you buy the book in the front and introduction talking about uh, what the Wentza is. It's one of the three primary books of Taoist thought. So these are all teachings of Lao Tzu, just like uh, we see in the Tao Te Ching. And this one had some great analogies that I really liked. So I wanted to, to use it today. I think that it'd make a great conversation. We're going to talk about verse 40. I'm just going to read the whole thing, and then we'll go back and and discuss paragraph by paragraph. Lao Tzu said, the way of heaven is to revert after reaching a climax, to diminish upon reaching fullness. This is illustrated by the sun and the moon. Therefore, sages diminish themselves daily and empty their moods, not daring to be self-satisfied. They progress daily by yielding, so their virtue does not fade. This is how the way of heaven is. It is in the nature of human feelings that everyone likes to be in high positions and dislikes to be in low positions. Everyone likes gain and dislikes loss. Everyone likes advantage and dislikes affliction. Everyone likes honor and dislikes lowliness. Ordinary people strive for this reason and therefore cannot succeed because they grasp something they cannot master it. So the sages emulate heaven, achieving without striving, attaining without grasping. They have the same sense as other people, but are on a different path. Therefore, they can survive long. Therefore, the ancient kings had a warning device that would stand upright when empty and tip over when full they uh, the point is that when things reach full flourishing then they begin to decline when the sun reaches mid sky it starts to set when the moon waxes full it starts to wane when happiness ends one is sad so brilliance and broad knowledge are preserved by ignorance Learning and eloquence are preserved by frugality. Martial power and courage are preserved by fear. Wealth, status, and greatness are preserved by restriction. Benevolence 
extended to all the world is preserved by deference. These five things are the means by which kings and your or kings of old kept the world. Those who take to this path do not want fullness. Only by not being full can they use fully and not make anew. That is hard. That's a tough, that's a tough read. Any comments before we go to the first paragraph? And this thing's chomp is full of stuff. It really is. Let's go back and reread the first paragraph and we'll just go paragraph by paragraph. Let's do that. The way of heaven is to revert after reaching climax to diminish upon reaching fullness. This is illustrated by the sun and the moon. Therefore, sages diminish themselves daily and empty their moods, not daring to be self-satisfied. They progress daily by yielding, so their virtue does not fade. This is how the way of heaven is. Comments? I was thinking about the sun and the moon. This is the reason why I wanted to use this. I don't recall ever hearing an analogy of the sun and the moon in Maybe it's in the Tao Te Ching, but I, I don't recall it. I didn't look for it either, but I, I don't remember it. It's it's telling us that, that the sun and the moon are examples for us of how to yield. We know from experience that the sun's going to come up again tomorrow. So I don't get caught up in, oh, my God, I got to have it all done today because there's not going to be another chance. Or wishing the sun, if the sun stayed at high noon all the time, it would destroy us. We wouldn't be here. So we, it can't be at maximum all the time. And then we need the cycle of the moon for tides and the, all the, the stuff that the moon does for us. And this is about yielding to that process in everything, knowing that everything, every, th- every thing in your life every interaction is like the sun and the moon in that there's going to be high times there's going to be low times there's going to be there's all this flow of the whole thing and it's interesting all this comes and goes right but where it talks about virtue it says by doing this and yielding their virtue does not fade the virtue is the only thing in this that is not a cycle See, like your peace is not a cycle. You can be at peace no matter sun or night. I thought that, and it's talking about them doing this daily. The sages diminish themselves daily. They progress daily by yielding. I'm sorry, guys. You know, I, I met with a sponsee an hour earlier and went through this. So I, <laughs> I'm already hyped on this verse. So I, I've been talking about this for an hour before the podcast started. So have to excuse me i know it's going to take y'all a minute to digest this but uh any comments at this point yeah yeah yes. i do too oh. go ahead Lori. go ahead let's go with ladies first, <laughs> ladies first. <laughs> so it, it's funny that this comes up i i worked in retail for years and i know and as a waitress too i noticed that the people came in waves and i lived on the ocean for a while and the waves of people it still happens I w- i'll mention it to the clerk at the grocery store because the lines will be empty and then they'll be full and then they'll be empty again so i noticed that tendency just in life without any intention or prompting by our people by our intelligence or whatever and i just i must stu- i studied the wheel the medicine wheel a native american modality and it talks about that too always coming around the circle and the seasons obviously but it's funny you brought this up too this week buddy because i just finished reading Eckhart Tolle's A New Earth and he has at the very end the three modalities of awakened doing acceptance enjoyment and enthusiasm and i'm going to do maybe a piece of art that's like ae squared if I can always just remember to stay in acceptance or enjoyment or enthusiasm. But when he and when he describes enthusiasm, it is in a wave. 
it's joy plus a vision or joy plus a goal. And he talks about that. It can't be sustained forever. It has to, it it has its peak and then you let it go. It, it is what it is. You achieved it. And then you'll just sit back again and wait for whatever the next thing is that shows up. I like to call it limbo or the cocoon stage of a butterfly where it's just chilling out in limbo. And the moon cycles, I've just started studying again. In, and uh, so it's perfect. I appreciate your flexibility and bringing up something yeah, like yeah, this today. Thanks, Thank Lori. I remembered the, uh, there's a Taoist saying what the caterpillar calls the end, the rest of the world calls butterfly. <laughs> I love that one. Dennis, nothing? Okay. Oscar, you're. Uh, yeah, what I hear in this piece of beautiful work is the essence of the, I don't know the English, but I Ching, I guess. The, the I Ching? Ching? Yes. Yeah. So the book of changes. Yes. So this is the way of the world. The way of heaven is, is the way of the world. And everything changes in waves. And I recognize it as. Since I started studying the I Ching, the Book of Change, I see it everywhere. You see it in in moon and sun, but you see it in in winter and summer. You see it in human life when you go to the top, and then and at the top, at the climax, there is already the start of decline. So at twelve noon for a day, at twelve noon, the decline starts, but the sun's still there. So you don't think it the evening started. So everything starts earlier than we think when we think in time. And when you start watching the world like this, you recognize that time is just a made-up mathematics to to structure our illusions. And change is the reality of the world. And and what he talks about when there is something which doesn't change, that's impossible in the world where where there are two. So when there's yin and yang, there is change. The, the one goes to the other and they are integrated in one. And but so he refers when something doesn't change to the one, which is in us, which he says is virtue. I recognize that too. There is a timeless or unchangeable thing in us in human beings and and that's really weird to notice and it was for me it was it's the, the opening of my awakening and seeing that there is more than what we can touch or see or 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 measure or was that i i recognized this timeless thing in myself but suddenly i i thought okay so something in me is not changing and that's really weird but because everything is changing and and I really like that that he calls it virtue here I think virtue has inner power or inner force or power or not so much as the virtues like the classical virtues uh, so it's, it's a translation thing some yeah how do you translate the from the Tao Te Ching. But it's really lovely, and it's a really lovely way to look at the world, at your emotions. That you don't look, you don't look at it anymore as one thing after another, but the one and the other go. Yeah, the one starts when the other is not finished yet. So they all and this this energies, this is what we live in, and what we think we are, and what we think our stuff is made of. And our days and so on. It's really beautiful. It's actually the, the essence of yin and yang and I Ching. Thank you. Thanks, Oscar. Yeah, the Tao Te Ching, T-E, I believe this is the same word he's meaning here for virtue. Uh, Dennis. Yes, it's really good. It reminds me of, of the pages 83 to 88 in the big book. And then especially where it says we relax and we take it easy. When, when when we get startled, because that's the metaphor I'm hearing here. When 
uh, on the high notes when the sun is, is good, I feel good. But there's also right after that, it's normal to feel sad. So we are always in that curve. But here, it's it's the thing about accepting it and not controlling it, right? You're observing it and I'm accepting it when I can see it. Like for some reason, I didn't feel the need to, to close down my laptop and throw it across the room. That would be my first go-to because I'm an addict and an alcoholic. I want to feel good all the time. That's my go-to. And that is exactly what I get out of this. And, and thank you, buddy. Your enthusiasm and your excitement about this is contagious. And uh, I, I can see with all the hands, it's going to be hard for us to go through all this in an hour. So I'm not going to take up more time. I want to hear what the others have to say. This is really good. Thank you. Thank you, Dennis. Uh, Brian. Hey, everybody. For me, like others have said, that the first thing I thought of when I read through this was the yin and yang. And for me, there's got to be a balance. And uh, the what I call the universe is going to maintain a balance. The sun's going to come. The sun's going to set. And uh, where I get twisted up is when I start labeling these things as good or bad. And I really need to have that emptiness uh, of the soul and just realize that it's it just is. And it's just how it has to be to maintain that balance. and. Uh, and like I said, when I start labeling it or it's not how Brian wants it, that's where things go. That's where things go wrong. But yeah, this is good stuff. Thanks. Thanks, Brian. Pedro, good to have you today, Pedro. sir. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Sorry for the voice. I still have COVID, but I'm okay. No, it's just that I, it, I was just remembering that to me, it looks like the natural cycle of life. like. When you're up, you can only go down. When you go anywhere down, you can only go up. And that's, But what I really thought interesting in here is that in this verse, it says that the, the sages, they actually diminish themselves. It's not something natural. They do it like on purpose. Like they're happy and they try to come down and balance and these types of things and it's like something that they do, maybe because of their knowledge. But that's what I thought that was that is interesting here. Thanks, Pedro. And I'll read another paragraph. But before I do, I, I think the virtue there is a form of compassion. Because how can you not seek self-satisfaction and not, and not do it from a place of compassion? Because if I'm full of me, it's going to be the opposite of virtue in any form. But the only way that I could not dare to be self-satisfied is trying to help someone else with what they need. That's the only way I could do it. And then uh, that gives you a satisfaction. Right? Yeah, when you do yeah. That, you that's how the virtue fun. does not fade. See, the virtue, no matter... and. It's the acceptance, too, that Laurie was talking about, that if we can accept the moment as it is, there is peace in that acceptance. There's virtue in that acceptance. It's interesting. All this stuff comes and go, but virtue does not. You can hold virtue the whole time. It does not fade or does not have to fade. Of course, mine does. Uh, when things are good and the bank account's got a bunch of zeros, Man, I'm on top, and those zeros start going down. Oh my God, I got to do something, right? I'm not as at peace as I was before. <laughs> so that that is me be grasping. This is talking about. Let me go ahead and read the next paragraph. I'll read the next two. It is in the nature of human feelings. It's interesting. It says feelings, not beings. Human feelings that everyone likes to be in high positions and dislikes to be in low positions. Everyone likes gain, dislikes loss. Everyone likes advantage and dislikes affliction. Everyone likes honor and dislikes lowliness. Ordinary people strive for this reason and therefore cannot succeed. You can't succeed if, if you strive for these reasons. 
And it's because they grasp something, they cannot master it. So you can't master something that you're grasping for. It's that paradox of truth, right? We suffer to get well. We die to live. All those things that we learn in recovery. And because we're desiring it, we don't get it. See, the problem with desire is that we think we don't have it. That's the basic teaching about desire. So what do you do? You stop desiring something. You learn to accept the moment as it is. And if you have desire, what I do is I, I pray for somebody else to get what they need if they're looking for the same things I am to help me to get out of that uh, desire trap, that grasping trap. Um, the sage emulates heaven. The sages emulate heaven. And they achieve. It doesn't say the sage doesn't achieve. It says they achieve without striving. It doesn't say they don't attain. They attain without grasping. They have the same senses, the same feelings as other people, but are on a different path. Therefore, they can survive long. Doesn't say that they don't. It says they survive a long time. Doesn't say they survive forever. They survive a long time. And is that the goal, really? If there's a goal, is to learn to achieve without the striving and attain without the grasping because that was my life. And I, I, I think part of this is the recovery, the AA teaching of accepting without expectations. I think expectations is a lot of this. Dennis. Yes. I was thinking along as, as the old Buddhist saying that attachments is the root of all suffering, right? Especially when you say that grasping and and me as a human being to transfer it to my own experience. I still want to feel good most of the time and that's where I go wrong. That's exactly what we're talking about here instead of just accepting the mood as it comes. It's so funny when I heard Oscar, this is a little side note, when he, he talked about I Ching. The, the guy that introduced me to I Ching was Eyebrow Bob. Ah. <laughs> and, and, and some of you that's been in, in the neighborhood I brought Bob. He was bad, sick, crazy. He stayed sober, but but was still very. <laughs> but and, and he showed me the thing about throwing all the coins and let the fate decide what's going on, and it was funny. But that's the end of it, right? And the human mind, my mind, sees stuff as being the mean to an end. Like the crawl space I have to work on up there, it's horrible to be in, but I see it as a mean to end. But still. I get attached to the finish line. How can I get there as fast as possible? <clears throat> Whereas if I can just accept it as it is, I can be in the process, even when it's when it's horrible to dress up with a full body mask and a respirator, whatever you have to do not to get all that mold in you. And that's what the teaching is. And it's it, when you first get them in, it's, then it can sound simple, but it's so hard to master. <laughs> it really requires practice, especially for this one here. So it's kind of like dealing with grief. All right. You have a time that you're sad and you allow yourself to feel the sadness. If you don't and you suppress all those things, it's going to destroy you. You can't do that. You have to experience it. And I think it's the same with everything. We have to experience those feelings. We have to let those things go. And letting those things go, for me, is where the peace is no matter what's going on. I can have no peace and things be great if I'm not careful. Because if I get trying to grasp whatever's going on, I'm not in acceptance. And I'm trying to hold on to something that things, it's not that everything's going to change. It's that everything is changing all the time. It's already changing like Oscar was talking about. It's not that change is inevitable. It's that change is already going. It's, you, it, you've got to know that everything is changing all the time. So when we try to hold on to something and make it the same or recreate a memory, that is what stills our virtue. That's what stills our peace, our joy. That's the way I'm experiencing it. Any other comments before I read the next paragraph? Uh, yes. The grasping 
in, in my case, goes, it comes from itself. I, I can't stop it. So <laughs> when I feel good, I definitely grasp to it and I want to hold it. And it's only when I really surrender to the flow of 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 the of God or the Tao or the whatever name you get the, the flow of everything that and when I surrender to this then I can let the grasping go and the same goes with the horrible things that happen in my life too when I feel bad it's the same thing I just have to accept it acknowledge it and even appreciate it and see it as it is to let it go but it's really hard work if you have to do this all the emotions you have on a daily basis all the encounters with people all the past little encounters how are you doing yeah i'm good okay good we all think it's we all grasp to it all the time to feeling good that's how our society is built so uh, to let that go, I really have to close my eyes, sit down, let it go. And I really have to do it all day long. So I'm doing step three like 100 times a day, I think. I I'm, I surrender. Surrender is for me the key to, okay, uh, the flow can go as it goes. Thanks. That's interesting, Oscar, how you brought to mind and you're 100% right as far as what I've experienced is that my attitude's the same needs to be the same, regardless of what's going on, regardless of how good things are or how bad things seem to be. I know this is going to pass good or bad. It's going to pass. And my job is the same is to accept it as it is, allow any feelings associated, let those things go and surrender it. And, not get caught up in it. You know, some people get caught up in the bad feelings and try to stay there because of the self-pity side. So we're, you know, we're all sick in some way with those things, you know? Yeah. Yeah, It's Ah. the same thing, good or bad. It it doesn't really matter. But when I meet somebody and he or she asks, how are you doing? What should I say? Uh, I'm grateful. Thank you. Complaints. I just say I'm good. I'm doing well because they don't understand. They're not going to know. Yeah, Really, if we wanted to be really spiritual about it, I've got a note on my computer what to ask my sponsees. And instead of asking them, are you having a good day today? The real, if I really wanted to ask them what I should, it would be, uh, how are you doing and accepting today as it is? <laughs> that would really be the way yeah. to to address it. But that's not the way we talk and it's it sounds i'll do that to a sponsee but i wouldn't do that out in public or to anyone else because that just they don't they wouldn't understand they're speaking a different language so i don't i try to speak their language when i can yeah and then from in my case i got to keep my head on myself at the yes. same time because i get i can get lost in this social interactions and then I forget it myself because, yeah, you go in a flow and, yeah, I'm doing fine and this happened and this. And then I'm lost in, in, in the story. And so I really have to, when I go in, yeah, I'm fine, I'm good. I, this happened to me and this happened to me. I have to keep distance to it at the same time or be an observer at the same time or be stay quiet, stay calm. Yes. Thank you, Oscar. Dennis, you have something? Yeah, it's it's so good because I'm beginning to, when I go out and do grocery shopping in the South, people are always asking you how you're doing. But again, I think 80% just want you to say that I'm doing good. And I use sarcasm before when they say, hey, how are you doing? I looked at them and say, hey, I have this athlete foot and it's a little itchy and it doesn't feel good. And they start looking at me, why would he say that? I did it just a provocation because they didn't really want to hear how I was doing. So why would you ask me? That was a big struggle for me in the beginning when I come from another country. But now I'm actually looking for that human connection when I go in. And 
And I say, I feel good. How, how is your day treating you? And just using some other words that might get them out of that daily routine. And then maybe there's a little interaction. It doesn't even have to be any interaction. It just be that human connection with a smile is enough. But that is something I appreciate because I'm not good with that. I'm not good with uh, a lot of people. And See, that's practicing virtue, Dennis. It's practicing virtue when you allow yourself to communicate with a person without, without condescending to them in some way or try to make them feel odd. When Here, people wave all the time. I love it. I wave at people I don't know. It happens all the time over here. In Northeast Alabama, man, it's like, it's a friendly place, and I love it. But I love that part of it. But that's practicing virtue in these things, and that's the whole point. And if we practice virtue, it keeps it helps us not to grasp and cling. Let me finish reading here. Therefore, the ancient kings had a warning device that would stand upright when empty and tip over when full. The point is that when things reach full flourishing, then they begin to decline, like we talked about. When the sun reaches mid-sky, it starts to set. When the moon waxes full, it starts to wane. When happiness ends, one is sad. Yeah, we cling and graft so much that we have different. I have, quite honestly, I love summer. I do not like winter. And when it starts cooling off which it will here in the next couple of weeks i'll have to pull out my long pants and long sleeve shirts and put on shoes and all that stuff and i do not like it for a couple of weeks in the past i've just been ill because summer's over it's the same thing though is it accepting as it is right now and being grateful for as it is right now or being grateful for what you have experienced just Getting out of that idea of grasping. Anything before I finish? Brilliance and broad knowledge are preserved by ignorance. Learning and eloquence are preserved by frugality. Martial power and courage are preserved by fear. Wealth, status, and greatness are preserved by restriction. Benevolence extended to all the world is preserved by, it says, deference, uh, I think humility is another word that you could use there. Uh, so your benevolence is preserved by humility. These five things are the means by which kings of old kept the world. Those who take to this path do not want fullness. Only by not being full can they use fully and not make anew. It's that yin and yang y'all were talking about. Martial power and courage are preserved by fear. I was thinking of that, not in the fear that we talk about in recovery, like a character defect of fear, but more of respect for the law kind of fear. I may not speed because I don't want a ticket. <laughs> That's a form of respect. That's how I see that. But the it's interesting how the one works with the other. Dennis? Yes. I was just thinking, isn't the, the last paragraph, I can't see the paragraph is full on this one here uh, when, when you just see it on the chat, but, but the last thing when it says, these five kings are the means by which kings of yore kept the world. Those who take to this path do not want fullness. Only by not being full can they use fully and not make anew. And that means without the attachment, without not only wanted the good and all that, can they f be full? Isn't that how it's supposed to mean? Because with the naked eye and <laughs> with the naked human eye, it can be a little hard to understand by when, because it, it counterpredicts each other, right? Just like uh, yeah. we're back to the yin and yang again. Yeah. One, one of my few wealthy friends in years past, I don't, I don't know a lot of real wealthy people. I'm very middle class. All my friends, I've just not been around a lot of really wealthy people. I had one gentleman that I was friends with years ago that was very wealthy. And he said, buddy, if God wants to make you wealthy, what is that to you? This is way back in my fundamental Christian days. And he started planting that seed that there's so much that's not up to me. 
that I'm along for the ride. And I haven't quite got my head around all of it. I know we have a part, but yet can we participate in our part and not grasp and cling? See, that's the problem is the grasping and the clinging. That's what takes our virtue. Can we just be along for the ride and allow and observe as it comes and let it go like like the stream and things coming down the stream? And when you grab something and grasp to it and hold it, the, the flow of water starts restricting that thing as it goes by you. And you have to work harder and harder to hold on to it. And and one of the Taoist thought is as it comes, you use it. And as it passes, you let it go. Because while you're grasping this, the next thing is coming along you can't grasp. And it's I think it's that same concept that we use it as it comes, then as it passes, let it go and know that whatever else comes is gonna come. And that same thing with feelings, with success, with failure. Treating failure the same way we treat success, letting it go as it goes by. My success, my failure has never lasted forever. <laughs> my success as an moves. Yeah. Yes. Then on what's already moving. That's yes. that thing. And yeah. then just go with the flow. Yeah. yeah. Brian. Man, I was thinking about this last night. The wife and I were watching some what I would call extreme kayaking videos of some folks that were just in some very turbulent rivers. And, and I was looking at that water, how, and thinking about how each drop takes a different path from the other one. And that's, that that's how life, that's really how I look at life. Your path buddy is going to be different from mine, regardless I may be working a hell of a lot harder than you physically, but, and at the end of the day, it, it comes down to acceptance and surrender. And one of the things that I tell my wife every morning, and, and I'm sure deep down, she probably thinks I'm nuts, but uh, she told me, she said, I want you, she said, have a good day today. And, and I told her, I said, no, that's not my goal. I said, my goal is to have a peaceful and content day. And, and so she started saying that to me. Actually, she went out of town for a little day trip and she left me a note this morning and it said, I hope you have a peaceful and content day. And which was pretty cool. So I guess I'm rubbing off on her. <laughs> but anyway, that's that, that. I just I was just thinking about that water and but I just I can remember that image and it just hit me. It was like, that's life. But all takes a different path, and and there's nothing we can do for it. If I'm in one of those boats, I'm a, I'm along for the freaking ride, and that's that's one thing I tell my wife. I'm like, as long as you keep that boat pointed straight. And full disclosure, we are not extreme kayakers. We do some kayaks. I'd say we're maybe semi-professional. But for those of y'all that have seen Talladega Nights, a little joke there. But anyway, I told her I said, as long as you keep that boat pointed straight, you're going to be okay. And for me, that's as long as I'm not fighting, clinging, grasping, and and I'm just going with the flow, I'm going to be okay. So thanks. Thanks, Brian. Lori. So I find the word preserved curious. And I did a little search for synonyms and because I get the concept. It's familiar, the paradox of moving from one extreme to the other and that constant kind of flow always changing. But I liked the idea of preserved, which is maintained, unspoiled. And then some of the other synonyms are tidy or flowing. That without one, the other is not, is spoiled or not. It's just an interesting word to use in a way to think of it. You preserve your strawberries, you preserve your pickles, whatever. You keep them from being spoiled. Without the flow from one to the other, the one would be flo- would be spoiled. Wow. I don't know. I found that helpful to drill down on that. 
word because the examples are familiar, right? It feels familiar. And I remember I wrote a poem when I was young, growing up in Colorado about happiness. There would be no happiness without the sadness. And you wouldn't appreciate a blue sky if it never rained. You wouldn't appreciate the summer if you didn't have to put your pants on in the winter. <laughs> so I, I appreciated that different kind of twist of us preserved kind of being unspoiled. Thank you. The night uh, allows the day, right? Yeah. Same kind of deal. Oscar. Uh, <clears throat> I think they, we, uh, for, uh, for me, um, I'm used to think in opposites, but in fact, what this says, it there there does not exist such a thing as opposites, because it is one thing which moves all the time and it changes all the time, but there is only one thing. It's not two things. So the one goes over in the other doesn't mean there is here one and here another and it goes there, but it's one move, it's one thing. The chicken and the egg are one thing, like the flower and the bee are one thing. So all these opposites, like good and bad, which are actually judgments, of course, but but even in good and bad, or a good day and a bad day, are one thing. And that realization keeps me away from judging (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. and also oscar that reminds me that everything is in this moment it's all the only time we live is right now and and there's not another moment there's never going to be another september 16th 2023 at 9 50 a.m eastern and so many seconds i can't compare another moment to this moment because it's not the same. And no, that's it's, what you- it's. A, I can even state, I think, in the, in the length of your argument that September 16, 2023 doesn't exist. It yeah. never existed. It wasn't there, only in our heads and on paper. And But it, it didn't exist. It wasn't really there. We made it up. That's beyond me. I'm not there yet. (laughs) I'm at this moment, whatever this moment is. And the great thing is this moment is the only time that I can grasp. This moment is the only time that I can experience virtue. It's all this moment's the only time I can feel. I don't feel something that, that I felt yesterday. I feel right now you only live one moment yes 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 it's, it's so funny i agree with that actually remember that that question you had on the sin book we, we read buddy that was exactly what that was about because he was talking about the previous moments that they, they didn't exist because if i'm truly living in this moment the f- the future and the past doesn't exist for me but it always reminds me of George Carlin's bit saying, I can't stay in this moment because this moment, now there's another moment and I have to stand in that. But it's the flow of being. And, and the only way you can be is right here, right now, which is interesting to human beings. We are time travelers. I, I know I am. <laughs> yeah. And it goes back to what they said. The only thing I see in here that is not cyclical is virtue. Because it says that if we do this on a daily basis and yield and not seek to be self-satisfied, our virtue does not fade. It doesn't say our virtue goes up and down. It says it doesn't fade or doesn't have to fade. Oscar? I, I, I forgot because I wanted to reply to Dennis, but then you said something and then my mind went there. So I lost him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anybody else, guys? I remember on the, what Dennis said, we even try to grasp the present moment. <laughs> we grasp every, we grasp everything, even we try to grasp the, uh, the moment. But of course we can't because 
that doesn't exist because it's only it's the only thing there is and it doesn't exist i go too far sorry <laughs> uh, that's okay that that's just moving from what is it having to doing to being and we learn to be the observer so instead of grasping we just observe I, i've got a an ongoing example of this and i'll let y'all know how it turns out I had a really good business idea a few years ago. Really good. I'm not going to share it, but it is real good. And I did a bunch of background work to get it started. Then COVID came along. So I put it on the shelf. And after COVID, I said, I will do this when someone comes along to help me with it. Because I can't do this by myself. So I met one guy that I thought might be the person. I talked to him about it just a couple of years ago through a meeting I was in. And he didn't end up being the guy. I said, okay, I'll just wait. And being I moved over here, I got to know some folks in the local AA group. One of the guys in the local group I got to be friends with lives right around the corner from me. Come to find out he is the perfect guy for this. And so we're launching it. In November, we hope, and we'll see how it works. But this is kind of what I think they're talking about, is that I'd get asked, when are you going to do this? When are you going to do it? I said, I'll do it when someone comes along to help me. I don't know. And someone's come along, it looks like. That's exactly what I think I need. Okay, let's see if it works. If it works, great. If it doesn't, okay. I can mark that off the list. I got a couple of more things to mark off before I'm done. So it's that kind of attitude, I think, of not getting caught up in the numbers and all the expectations and the push, push, and not being able to sleep at night because you're worried about this and that and all that grasping that we can get into. It's interesting how, before we close, It says that the king had a warning device. Did y'all catch that? It said the king had a warning device that would stand upright when empty and tip over when full. (laughs) Is it like that bird that would dip in the water? That's what I thought of. Yeah, that would pop back up. Dennis? Yes. I just want to read this short half a paragraph of page 85 in the big book that really relates to this. Is that okay? Sure. And it goes along, of course, here it's talking about alcohol and how we uh, how we don't struggle anymore. It says here, we're not fighting it, neither are we avoiding temptation. We feel as though we have had been placed in a, of a position of neutrality, safe and protected. We have not even sworn off. Instead, the problem has been removed. It does not exist for us. We are neither corgi nor are we afraid. That is our experience. That how we react so long as we keep in fit spiritual condition. And that is what what I can relate to this just in another more Christian-based uh, lingo, right? Yeah, we have to stay in fit. The only way that my virtue does not fade is staying in fit spiritual condition. Mm-hmm. That's it. And how do I do that? It, it varies for each of us. When I work with a sponsee, one of the first things I ask them is, how do you connect spiritually? What is it that helps you to connect to the higher power? And everybody has different things. Some it's reading, some it's meeting, some it's meditation, some it's combinations. And if they're struggling with something, I suggest that whatever it is that connects them to do more of it. So they can connect more. That sounds. They struggle some more with it. Sit with it. Yeah. Yeah. If, if, if it's meditation, sit with it. If it's meetings, go to meetings and listen to everyone and see if you don't hear what you need. Even the people that don't know shit that are, that get on your nerves that you don't, that you could repeat what they say every, you could share for them. Oh, it's time for Bob to share. Okay. This is Bob share. Blah, 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 blah. I would know it verbatim from people I heard in meetings regularly. And it's easy just to get callous to all of that. But a lot of times I hear things in meetings that I need. 
So if I go to a meeting, I know to be open-hearted and open-minded and be compassionate and listen. Because listening is a form of virtue. Listening is a form of compassion because you're honoring that person. So there's so many different ways that this can go. And I really love that idea of virtue not having to fade. Everything else goes in cycles, but it doesn't say virtue does or has to. Mine goes up and down. Things good, things bad. It can go up and down if I'm not careful because uh, I get caught up in my feelings and not let those things go. If I'm not careful, I can fall for those traps. You, you actually said something that was good for us alcoholics to hear when you said that that listening is a big part of my virtue. Actually, what we seem to forget that listening is a is is the better part of our communication with another human being. And in in AA, even when you see the before and after meetings, we we fall short of that. We all want to be the one that comes up with the with the brilliant answers to everything. And we all want to talk, but we don't want to listen that much. Yes. And and we do learn it in, in the meetings because we have to shut up while other people are sharing. But that's interesting. So communication is more of listening and, and less of talking. Yes. Thank you, Dennis. Any other comments before we close? This has been a good meeting, guys. Thank you all for letting me go off script. Laura, you have something? You're muted. Sorry. But I am muted. So... I don't know if you guys do Insight Timer, but I just listened to a guy this morning, Muji. I've listened to him before, but Temple of Emptiness. Oh, my gosh. It's just exactly what we've been talking about and what this reading's about. So I just thought I'd post that up there. It helps to, yeah, it's awesome. Just listen. It's 30 minutes. It's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. You know, Dennis, our friend Toby likes Muji. She's a big Muji fan. Uh, temple of emptiness. Okay. I will do that. Anything else before we close guys? It's been a great meeting. Thank you. Drew, we didn't hear from you today, sir. Just doing that listening. Y'all talked about. <laughs> <laughs> Good, so, answer. So, Good answer. Showing my compassion. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer, sir. All right, guys, y'all have a great week and we will hopefully see you next week. Hello, this is Buddy C. I wanted to make you aware of several recovery-related resources that I've posted in the episode description. These resources include a list of recovery podcasts, a free sober meditation app, daily recovery email, shared Google recovery calendars. Hope you put some of these resources to use and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends in recovery.